Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to Exchange Trade Fridays, a weekly roundup of the markets and ETFs from ETF.com. I am Dan Micah. I am a reporter for ETF.com. And with me today are my colleagues, Samit Roy. Hey, everyone. And Heather Bell. Hi, everybody. So we're just going to get into the you know the really big dominant news of the week so far, and that's clearly Netflix uh, having a another uh, another really wild uh, drop off right after it files uh, right after it released its earnings reports. Um, Samid, uh, give us a quick overview of just you know what what the reaction to the first time that Netflix lost. Um, subscribers, net subscribers for the first time since I think October, 2011. Um, the markets did not like that, did they? No, they didn't, Dan. I think Netflix dropped something like 40% in a single day. And the company did attribute some of that loss in subscribers to Russia. Without the 700,000 subscribers they lost in Russia, they would have had net additions to subscribers. But still, the fact of the matter is that Subscriber growth at Netflix has slowed down dramatically, and not just from those heady stay-at-home pandemic days, but from even before that. And what investors are having trouble, I think, doing is separating how much of this has to do with a temporary reversal of uh, pandemic trends, you know, people going back outside, spending less time watching TV and all of that, and how much it has to do with Netflix specifically. My feeling, and I think the market's feeling, is it's a combination of the two. A lot of companies benefited, obviously, from the pandemic, and they're seeing slowing growth right now. But Netflix's deceleration is much more jarring because it's actually seeing a contraction in users, not just slowing growth. If you look at Snap, it reported earnings on Thursday, its user base actually grew by 18% in the last quarter. DocuSign, another big pandemic winner, reported last quarter its customer account was up 31%. So very different story for those companies compared to Netflix. And it does raise questions of whether Netflix has reached its saturation point. It has something like 222 million subscribers globally. If you consider the fact that most accounts are associated with multiple people, then the penetration is even higher. You know, seven, eight hundred, a billion people watch Netflix. Um, so the bears are saying that I think Netflix is going to have trouble getting that subscriber figure much higher from here. They, they think it's already saturated and consumers, they have much more choice in terms of streaming offerings, HBO Max, Hulu, all of that. But the bulls, they would argue that, you know, this is just a bump in the road and subs are going to reaccelerate as the company cracks down on things like password sharing. It is going to unveil um, a cheaper ad-based pricing tier and it, it has more room to grow uh, on the international front. So given that the stock is down 70%, I think the bear thesis is clearly winning right now. 
And, uh, you know, but even if that thesis is correct, it doesn't mean Netflix is doomed. It just means that Netflix won't be priced like a growth company. It's going to be priced like a traditional media company with much more focus on profits and cash flow. So that's why we've seen a bit of a re-rating in the stock, even though Netflix is still a good company and it's, it's generating strong cash flows this year it's going to be treated much more differently than it was when it was considered a growth stock. So, Dan, you wrote an article about uh, which ETFs were most impacted by Netflix's implosion and um, some other stocks also fell in sympathy. What happened there? Yeah, um, you you kind of touched on it a little bit, just the saturation specifically within this the streaming area. You've got Disney that fell 4.5% uh, on, on Wednesday. Roku fell 7%. They're a little bit more heavy into the streaming. Uh, we also saw that CNN said that they would cancel uh, CNN Plus, their, their attempt at, at creating their own streaming service after just like a month or so. Um, they invested well north of $100 million into it. They... Uh, they picked up some some pretty big names in broadcasting to set up their own shows, but ultimately, once that uh, once the deal with uh, with Warner closed, uh, that merger closed, um, they just put up shop. They just canceled shopping, and I guess they just didn't have the um, you know because they were they were essentially competing with I think Discovery's own network. So they just decided to put that all into one big streaming network instead of having CNN out as its own little thing for five dollars a month, which kind of just shows goes to show just how how tough it is to to you know build a strong voice out here. But I think what what this brings up a, a, another point is just the idea of the growth model. Um, uh, you know what we've seen over the past couple of of years when you know it's Netflix, it's Amazon, it's uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, being you know really these really big growth companies that really rely on having more and more people using their services every single quarter. Um, I, I mean, Facebook fell. Um, I, I believe it was for for Q4, the last quarter of the of the year. Um, they lost like a million daily users, which is a drop in the bucket in, in the overall scheme of things. But that sent their stock absolutely tumbling i think over the course of a week they lost 275 billion dollars of market cap so uh, heather i'd like to get your thoughts on that um you know for the growth for the growth sector and for these growth stocks that have sent p to such heights over the past it was it mean when we're starting to see these really big companies you know start to kind of reach either either you know, it kind of depends on whether you say it's a blip in the road uh, for their growth, um, just due to, for example, uh, Meta and Facebook's um, poor press in the past quarter, uh, in the last quarter of 2021, versus just, you know, uh, the saturation in the competition. And that all means for, for growth stocks that have made it so easy to just invest in an S&P 500 ETF and just grab a 10, 15% gain every year on that holding. Well, I think two things really just to kick off the first is it's unreasonable to expect like continued sustained growth at the rate we've been seeing um, with growth stocks. Um, and the second part of that is if we head into a recession, um, I think that's going to hurt a lot of growth stocks. But I actually think like social media companies will probably be in a better position than other uh, 
companies that are normally viewed as growthy. Because here's the thing, um, as people like tighten their belts, as tends to happen in a recession, you're going to see people turn to social media more because that's where you, you the entry is essentially free for a lot of these sites. And it gives you a place to kind of express yourself, to find entertainment, things like that. I, I actually think like, you know, the Twitters and the Facebooks um, and the Snapchats and the Instagrams would probably do okay in a uh, in that kind of environment because, yes, there's going to be a drop-off in like advertising um, sales probably, but because they're where people will be maybe channeling their energies, that's maybe where uh, advertisers are going to be looking to, you know, promote themselves. I don't know. That's just my take on it. And not to mention, you mentioned, you know, in a recession, how our growth stocks going to perform. The whole narrative recently has been rising interest rates, hurting growth stocks, right? If we do get a slowdown in the economy, we hit a recession, those rates could fall back down. And that could ironically actually help the growth stocks relative to value and other type of stocks. At the same time, when growth becomes scarce in, in terms of corporate profits and things like that, um, you know, you might turn to growth stocks um, once again. So, you know, there's so many cross currents going right now on right now, I and mean, it's hard to really predict what's going to happen based on different macroeconomic environments. But um, there is something um, to say um, in terms of, you know, a recession actually helping growth stocks and those social media companies that you mentioned, Heather, those could be beneficiaries as well since they've been um, sold off so hard. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And I think we would, we would be remiss. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, quarterly earnings. We're talking about quarterly figures and we're talking about drops off in, you know, a matter of a couple of days. But, you know, looking back over, over the course of it, Netflix was, you know, one of the one of the stocks that helped the, the, the S&P 500 be up 53 percent over the last three years. And as that and brought the Nasdaq 100 up to like, I think, an 81 percent gain over the past three years. So, you know. I guess what is the long view right now? Um, if we if we are now in this position where we're wondering, you know, do these companies still remain growth stocks? Do they still remain as kind of the leaders in in in, in returns over the next couple of years and and being these huge massive companies when um, and, and sustainably at the top of the S and P five hundred and at the top of the large cap table when something like when something like losing you know, a million daily active users for, for Meta or, you know, losing uh, or having a, a net loss of subscribers for, for Netflix causes so much, uh, so much consternation amongst investors. Yeah, I think, Dan, we really have to separate the short term from the long term. And right now, unquestionably, growth stocks are extremely out of favor right now. We've seen dot-com magnitude implosions and so many names and it's not just small names you know netflix facebook shopify paypal etsy pinterest they're they've been crushed 70 80 percent in many cases in just a matter of months so this growth stock bear market it's huge and it's been going on for a while now 
and we're not early in this thing. The, the peak, depending on the stock or ETF you're looking at, was either February 2021 or <clears throat> November 2021. So we're talking five months to over a year of constant pain for investors. Multiples were very, very high last year, but they're much closer to historical levels right now, a little more expensive in some cases, a little cheaper in other cases. And then you have other um, situations like Facebook and PayPal where multiples have never been lower for those stocks. But you know, valuations alone isn't going to turn this thing around. You're going to have to see stabilization in the charts. You're going to have to see some dampening in the reopening headwinds that we're seeing, and maybe even some topping out of interest rates before the narrative changes and people finally get some confidence, right? People are just so bummed out um, that this buy the dip thing isn't working anymore. Um, so it's just way too early to say, you know, the bottom's in. We saw Netflix tank just the other day. So clearly individual stocks, they're still hitting new lows. But as a group, things are holding up a little bit better. We know ARKK, uh, that holds a lot of these type of stocks. It's down 67% from its highs of last year. It hit a bottom in March and then it spiked up uh, like 20, 30%. Um, and now it's coming back down. It's retesting those lows. Today, it's retesting those lows, actually, and it's holding. I don't know if it's going to hold. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Who knows? But that's the short term. Very precarious. No one knows where this is going to end. But when you look longer term, you have companies, again, they're down 70% plus. There's going to be opportunity to generate alpha over a multi-year time horizon. Even in the rubble of the dot-com bust, there was massive opportunity. So, of course, that opportunity comes with risk. But I do think it's worth taking a look at some of those tech-focused ETFs that had such stellar performance over the past several years, and now they're, they're down pretty significantly. And I'm not just talking about ARKK. That's not everyone's cup of tea. There's so many active ETFs, thematic ETFs, Take your pick. Even just VGT, which is down almost 20% from its highs, that could be an opportunity. And that's filled with a lot of those FANG, highly profitable type of stocks. So what do you guys think? What's the short-term outlook? And um, you know, what's the long-term outlook for these growth stocks? Are they coming back? Oh, I think they're coming back. Um, I, I mean, everything is cyclical. Um, they're we're just going to have a rocky period and probably values going to take precedence. Um, at least that's kind of historically what has tended to happen. Um, so maybe not, um, maybe all growth stocks won't be hurt, but yeah, I think that there's going to be a value shift. That's just kind of what I'm thinking must happen. And, I think an under an underrated place here. Once we get into like the real economics of it, is particularly for Netflix and for. Um, I mean, I, I you know Disney might be thrown as a, as a growth stock just because of its uh, its competing in this you know growthy type of of, of industry. But uh, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see what the the price in, the, the consumer price index or the or excuse me the PCE comes out that comes out next Friday will say. Um, because I, I don't think exp inflation expectations are still going down, at least in the short term. And this is kind of the argument that has been been throwing around the industry for a while that I think is now finally being reckoned with as Netflix 
goes from being the the big player on the in the streaming games to struggling to maintain the people consistently coming to the to the platform every day every week to watch shows even as they you know prepare to have like i think stranger things is about to release their final season new episodes of ozark the crown are coming out but they're ma- failing to maintain a library that's keeping people there for good and and keeping and when you have so many other players in the in the industry holding on to things like the office or friends um but yeah, I, I think when you're when you're asking when Netflix is asking for thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars a month versus Hulu asking like, you know, ten, thirteen, Disney Plus asking ten, ten, thirteen, ten to thirteen, you're basically, you know, you're basically really asking people to pay a lot of money right now at a time where consumer spending is is really you know, either being allocated to travel or to you know, getting outside. If there's something that you really want to do, or you, you're just saying, you know, you need to cut back expenses because your dollar isn't going as far as you want it to. And, you know, if you've got three or four streaming services, that is where it's going to be, you know, for at least in the real world and, and for the real consumer, we'll have to say, you know, do I, you know, can I go without seeing, seeing like this net, this movie on Netflix or, you know, do I want to use, only Netflix or only Hulu or only Disney Plus. Um, I think if we continue to see the co- the the spending power of the consumer die down, that's really where it's going to come down to, at least for Netflix. Um, but yeah, I think Heather, I agree with you. The cyclical side of things means you know you can't ever and you can't ever count out a company that's still like the size of Netflix uh, or especially Meta when they're still well north of a hundred billion in market cap. Um, I want to pivot um, to uh, from the conversation to just kind of recap um, ETF Exchange in, in Miami, the, the the great big conference that I unfortunately did not get to go to due to an unforeseen illness. Um, but Heather, to me, you were out uh, out in South Beach uh, drinking mimosas and talking to people. To um, me, we'll start with you. What 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 surprised you? What interests you? What was some of the spiciest takes that you heard at the conference? Yeah, it was great. I, I saw a lot of good panels and it was nice to finally see people after, um, you know, a couple of years off. Um, you know, what stood out to me and it, it kind of touches on the theme of this talk we've we've been having is how much enthusiasm there still is for Kathy Wood and ARC. That was a huge panel. Um, you know, we've obviously seen it in the, the flows numbers we look at every week. The ARC funds have held on to most of their assets um, through this collapse in the price of the ETFs, yet to see and uh, you know hear people cheering Kathy Wood on and jeering at her critics while she gave that talk, you know that was really enlightening. You know when she um, kind of snapped back at that Morningstar analyst that downgraded Arc, um, people were you know you know laughing and you know having a great time. So to see the support in person for Arc. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And she's done, obviously, a phenomenal job of maintaining the loyalty of that investor base that she has. And she even addressed that head on. You know, why is that the case? She said, basically, it's because ARC is so transparent. You know, they disclose their holdings every day. They release all their research. They're in the media all the time. She thinks that's why investors are so loyal uh, to ARC. Um, you know, ARC is far from a black box like a lot of hedge funds are out there. 
So, you know, it's fully transparent. And, and that's why Kathy said she also likes the ETF wrapper. She thinks the ETF wrapper fits perfectly. It's also transparent and it fits with their ethos at ARC. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I uh, did not see Kathy Wood speak, even though there were multiple opportunities. Um, I did sit on, in on... Um, Jeffrey Gundlach's, uh, I think it was a keynote, or they were calling it the convoy, I believe. Um, and he was talking about inflation. Um, and what struck me was that he said by the he said that basically there was a lot of inflation that was kind of hidden. So he expects the the measure to rise to ten percent based on current metrics. But he noted that, if we were using the metrics from the Carter era, which was a time like when Jimmy Carter was president, and that was a time when inflation was just running away, um, it topped out in 1980 at 14.6%. But he said that by the standards of um, the Carter era and how it was measured then, it's actually at 16 right now, which I thought was very interesting and pretty alarming. All right. Well, we are going to leave it at that. Thank you for listening to Exchange Trade Fridays from ETF.com. If you've missed any portion of this conversation, uh, head over to your favorite podcast player and search for Exchange Trade Fridays. Um, we are live on Twitter Spaces at uh, noon Eastern every Friday. So catch us here if you'd like to listen live. Uh, until then, I'm Dan Micah from ETF.com. And uh, on behalf of my colleagues, Samit Roy and Heather Bell, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 